Grey Knockers, it's Christmas week. It's episode three, season two, and I just want to say I hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday, and thank you so much for supporting Grey Knockers. Another episode of Grey Knockers is coming right now. Hey, this is Pete. And this is Aaron. We're from SoCal Woodshop, and we are part of the Grey Knocker Nation. Grey Knocker Nation! What's up, Grey Knocker Nation? It is Season 2, Episode 3. Thank you so much for coming back for more. Merry Christmas. I hope you have a great holiday with friends and family and whatnot. If you're not subscribed on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or any of your other apps, please do so. It'll notify you when new episodes are posted. And keep you up to date on everything new at Grey Knockers. Make sure you're following us on Instagram as well as we have giveaways and other opportunities for you to tag along and participate. In this episode, we have the guys from SoCal Woodshop. Well, we have a couple of the guys from SoCal Woodshop. We have Aaron and Pete. Uh, We'll get to that in a second. And how about episode one and episode two with uh, Alex and Mark from the Wood Whisper? Good stuff. A lot of truth. It was awesome episodes. If you haven't listened to that yet and you're listening to this, go back and make sure you follow up and listen to that. We're going to be posting the winner of the giveaway for episode two uh, on our Instagram page. Up for grabs was a free plan from Mark at the Wood Whisperer. Two Powermatic shop stools and a one gallon from General Finishes of their armor seal. If you've never used that stuff, it is great. Make sure you check it out. But... In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about community and how you can get involved outside of Instagram. I think that's important. Let's keep things real, okay? We have to be able to shake hands with people. I know there's a lot of meetups and different events you could fly to, but what about the people that are in your own community? I think SoCal Woodshop really nailed their agenda when it comes to collaborating with people around you and turning it into a successful club, and that's kind of what this episode's about. They're going to give you a little insight on what works for them, how they operate, and uh, just what it's like to be in a club. I mean, many of us are not in a club, so it's going to, it's a very good episode. It's coming up right now, but first let's go to episode three's product spotlight. Today's product spotlight goes out to a company called Troll Clothing. Troll Clothing is a lifestyle clothing and apparel company that sells hats, hoodies, t-shirts for both men and women, most famously known as the Dirty Hands Clean Money Company. Now, full transparency, I am an ambassador for Troll Clothing, but I really love their stuff. If you follow my William Patrick Customs page or even Grey Knocker page, you'll see me wearing their hat or their hoodie or their t-shirt, and it's just, I really like their clothing, and besides just having good clothing, they help vets proceeds from every sale gets donated to raise money to help vets in need they're an american company out in the west coast for more information make sure you check out at troll clothing on instagram trollclothing.com and if you want to save a little money you can use my code it's wpatrick10 that'll save you a little bit of money on your purchase and you will help some veterans it's pretty cool troll clothing today's product spotlight Yeah, and again, that's not a paid-for thing. That's just, uh, I really like their stuff. Even though I'm an ambassador for them, I really wear their hats every day, and I I would wear their hoodies every day, but Corey steals mine, and I can never find it because it's super soft on the inside in Chicago. It's really cold right now, so uh, good quality stuff, and they help vets, so super cool. Featured maker. Featured maker every episode. I post a maker that doesn't have a lot of followers but just kills it. Listen every episode, and I could pick you. Last week was rounders.com. He's a Chicago guy, does a lot of slabs, and... uh, 
let's go to this week's featured maker, and then we'll get into episode three interview with SoCal Woodshop. Episode three featured maker goes out to Color Me Happy 21. Color Me Happy 21. They're out of Oklahoma. It's a husband wife duo team where the wife does the design, the finishing. She does the scroll saw work, and the husband does a lot of the building. They make very unique things from signs, tables, councils. When you see their picture on your feed, you know it's them because they just they have very high quality photos and the work is very distinctive to their style. If you're not following Color Me Happy 21, you should. They are today's featured maker. Yeah, awesome profile. Make sure you're following them. They make killer stuff and uh, husband husband wife duo. That's pretty cool. All right, so let's go to California. SoCal Woodshop, Aaron, Pete. They're up next. Grain Knockers, Season 2, Episode 3. It's time to go to Cali. All right, guys. Today's episode, we have a great guest. Uh, actually, two. Two guests today, Pete and Aaron, and these guys aren't even close to Chicago. They're in California. They're in Southern California, and I want to talk to them a little bit about community, and I don't mean community on Instagram, but I mean more about community actually in your community, like where you're at. So I'm talking to the guys at SoCal Woodshop, and these guys I've followed for quite a while now, and... I've always just been intrigued on like meeting people in your area that do what you do and then like forming a club. We'll get into it with uh, Pete and Aaron in a second, but Pete and Aaron, thanks for coming on the Grain Knockers. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having us, man. Appreciate appreciate you inviting us on. Now, Pete, you're kind of like the captain of the ship when it comes to SoCal, is that right? Yeah, we call him El Presidente because oh, nice. he's, pres- he's the president of the club. Oh, he's the president. Okay, so you're the president. Yeah, not captain. This isn't a boat. Okay. Like, I'm kind of like Captain of the Idiots, though. Oh. Like, he lost a lot of respect when he shaved his stash off. <laughs> so we may have to re-vote, you know, in a couple months to see if he still can keep the position. But for now, he's El Presidente. Nice. Well, thank you for gracing us with your presence, Pete. And then, Aaron, uh, you have a pretty popular page, Mr. Fix-It DIY, which most people probably know about. And uh, you two are just a portion of of what you guys call SoCal Woodshop. How many members are in the group? We got about 10 of us that are SoCal Woodshop. Like some of our members, we got Aaron, who's Mr. Fix-It. We got Taylor Hubble, who's uh, Hubble Woodshop on Instagram. We got Dan Wax, who's DS Wax on Instagram. Mark Mayer Woodworks. And uh, Ian Phillips, who's IJP Design. And then there's other guys who don't really have their own like logo or uh, Instagram page. But yeah, there's 10 of us. We're all, you know, working on stuff at various times and stages. Very cool. And just so it's clear, this this isn't really an Instagram group of makers. This is people that actually live in your area, correct? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. We're all geographically located in like the Southern California, Los Angeles area. Uh, one guy's in Oxnard. Most of us here in the San Fernando Valley, like North Los Angeles and Santa Clarita area. So we're pretty geographically close to each other. Okay, so I'm going to ask a very stupid question because that's what I do. It's kind of like the chicken or the egg. What came first with uh, SoCal? Was it the woodworking or the club? Like, was there the a logo? Was, <laughs> yeah. The logo was first. It just, yeah. yeah. No, but was it like, was it uh, Pete, you and a friend that like always hung out? Maybe we're at a bar. We're like, dude, we should build a table tomorrow. Was it the friendship that was SoCal first and then it kind of evolved or was it woodworking that truly is the centerpiece of the club? A a little bit of both. So it's kind of a funny story how we started out. Uh, One of the members, his name's Josh, uh, he and I, we've grown up together. We've known each other since like junior high and his brother 
is he's got a twin brother and his brother started up like this weekly jujitsu club out of his garage <laughs> and he kept on inviting us over to the jujitsu club and we're like we it's don't want to do yeah like a fight club we, <laughs> we don't want to do it we just like no disrespect we just had no interest in it so just out of spite for his brother we're like well, we're gonna start our own club and meet on our on our own doing like our thing doing woodworking so he wanted to start this club and he wanted to call it a woodworking guild. And so like from the onset, it was like, we are not a guild. We're not going to be a bunch of nerds, you know? So we started meeting, we started meeting once a week. And then somehow uh, one of our friends, really artistic, creative, drew up our logo, which like I think attributed to a lot of our popularity just because it's a nice looking logo. And then Josh, who's the one, he started doing all our Instagram stuff and really started doing all the legwork, getting a lot of followers. And then for some reason, the popularity just like blew up on Instagram we started selling T-shirts and stuff like that. And then through Instagram is how we met guys like Aaron and Dan Wax and Taylor Hubble and stuff. And so, it, like, a couple of years ago, we started actually having, like, formal membership. We meet together once a month, like, actually have, like, a, a monthly meeting where we get together, make sawdust, talk about tools, uh, Work jigs. on group projects if yeah. we have something going on. Yeah, and then there's always stuff in between the monthly meetings we're working on. We just finished a conference table that, that we finished that's awesome. Yeah, and you're you're right. I think um, your logo, all joking aside, is legit. Like when I first saw uh, the SoCal logo, I was like, I'm gonna follow them. I haven't even seen their page, but their <laughs> yeah. logo is so legit that they have to be good, right? And I didn't even know you were a club for like the first two months I followed you. But, no, I didn't uh, either. Actually, that's it's kind of funny. That's how I got involved because I was on Instagram independently as Mister Fix It DIY doing my thing. And, uh, you know, came across them, you know, came across the page and was like, who are these guys? Where are they located? I know they're local. And at the time, this was like, I don't know, three years ago. Yeah. And uh, I was like, hey, do you guys, you know, what's the deal with, what's the deal with this thing? You know, can I come hang out? Can I come meet you? I'm looking for, you know, a group or people that have like-minded interests and uh, I was talking to Josh at the time. He's like, yeah, you can come out and, you know, check it out and see how, you know, see what you think of it. Because I didn't know if it was a brick and mortar thing. I didn't know. I had no idea what it was. And then I showed up and it was, you know, a club. And it was a few guys, most of who aren't even there and aren't here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. One guy's moved away. It's to, like to speak to the community side of it, too, that you're talking about. It's been really cool. Because growing up doing woodworking, like as a kid, for me, woodworking, guys in their shop, in their garage, it was always like the hermit old guy keeping to himself, working in the shop. And then something, there's been a cultural shift somewhere along the line to where like all of us guys in woodworking, we love like getting together and talking about it and sharing all our tools and knowledge and experience. And we're not as hermitists as the previous generation. So these guys that we've met on Instagram, we come in and they like, like guys like Aaron and Dan and Taylor and Mark, they've come in at, at like as people we've met on Instagram, just taking full on ownership of SoCal Woodshop and been like massive assets to the club. That That is funny how Instagram pulls people together like that. And I think that was like my initial draw to Instagram in general. You know what I mean? It was just that similar interest, you know. I think Instagram's good for that with a lot of things outside of woodworking too. It's just, the, it's the social aspect of Instagram that makes it popular and makes it work. As far as the club and, and you said people were leaving, no one got kicked out? Like there wasn't a, no, a no, hazing? No, not at all. There wasn't no, a hazing all, I mean, gone all, wrong? At the end of the day, it's all hobbyists for the most part. You okay. know, and people have lives and they got stuff going on. And so early on, it was, I think... Over the last couple of years, certainly since I've been involved, uh, we've tried to like make it more of a 
you know, we want active members. We want people who are going to contribute to the club, who want to do woodworking, who want to be active and, you know, helping the club grow and do things that, you know, we want to do. So we never kicked anybody out, but people have just kind of like been, you know, I got too much going on and, you know, they just kind of moved on. But it hasn't been like a bunch of people, just a a few. Because we we only really started with, I don't know, four or five people. Right. It's been steady growth. I'm actually the second president. Our first president moved away to uh, Walla Walla, Washington. And so the rain's kind of That's not a real town. Is that a a real town? Now there's a Walla Walla wood shop. That's right. Yeah, what? he's yeah he's he's trying to start like the Walla Walla woodworking chapter of SoCal Woodshop or wow. something like that. I'm writing so that it, down right now. He's getting a follow just for the name. He is. Uh, he's such an interesting guy. With the first time I came to the meeting, he was the president at the time. He's an older guy. Kind of looks like Santa Claus. Awesome guy. Very very interesting. And uh, he like grilled me when I first showed up <laughs> to the meeting, and he's like. What can you bring to the club? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I don't know. I guess like some video production skills and, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to pull up his Instagram handle and I, I can't find it. I don't know if he has one I don't think not, he's on but, Instagram. But anyway, Walla Walla Woodshop yeah. exists now. Lars Gustafson in Walla Walla, Washington. If you're in the area, look him up. <laughs> so what, what was the initial intent of starting the club since you're one of two original members or a couple guys and members what was the intent was it to, uh, was it about instagram was it like let's form up so we no, can not at all okay instagram like wasn't even on our radar it was community like you talked about it was like it was about finding people with like-minded interests that live locally that want to get together and and share tools and knowledge and make some cool stuff here and there and you know the logo being cool and putting out some cool projects is really what, what built Instagram into what it, you know, became. Yeah. So what really what's happened is we started out really, I think the original intent was just to get together, like Aaron said, and, and talk wood shop, make some sawdust and, and build stuff together. And then with the natural direction, it's gone. Like we've had just multiple pivots, kind of things come our way. Very early on, we got hit up to do a commissioned uh, farmhouse table. And like from the very onset, I've said, well, our our default should be to say yes to everything that comes our way unless there's some reason we can't do it. And so we did the the farmhouse table like probably way sooner than we thought we ever could. And we did it. And I I think we did a good job. And then it just it it, like it really upped the confidence level of everybody in the group. Like, yeah, we look at that. We can do stuff now. We're pretty legit. You know, we can build a table. Okay, so now that the group's all formed together, how many members are in the club at, like right now? Ten. So there's ten members. You yep. guys get a message on Instagram or a phone call or whatever, email on your website, and someone wants a table. How does it work? Whose shop do you go to? Is there only one SoCal shop, or how does it work? No, good question. So we just, say- we just had this happen. Yeah. So we just did a conference table, which – it's kind of like a huddle table. We actually just shipped it out because uh, it's from we got an order in through me through context that I had, and I wanted to bring it into the club because one because I've wanted the club community aspect, and two because I'm I want to help try and grow the club and stuff. So um, they approached me. I went back and forth with the design on for them. You know, they told me what they wanted. I made a design, then I brought it to the club and asked for everybody's input on the design said this is what we're going to do with it and then it was like figuring out who had the space in their shop because we don't have a a dedicated shop 
Not yet. We all have, yeah, we're not brick and mortar in a singular shop. We all have our own wood shops in various levels. You know, a couple of the guys have better setups than others, but so we ended up using Pete's shop here that we're in um, as kind of the, the command center because we do a lot of our meetings here anyway. And uh, we just kind of all would come in, guys would come in when they had free time and hours and put in some hours on the table, building it out. And uh, Pete and I did a lot of it. And a couple of the other guys, Taylor was highly involved in it when he had some time. So it was like, it's cool because everybody kind of got their hands in it. You know, it wasn't just one guy building the table and then just kind of putting the club brand on it. It was legit a club build. Yeah, it was a full-on collaboration. It was cool. Yeah, uh, Taylor Hubble, by the way, uh, I was friends with. Uh, I still am friends with. And Okay, um, I was going to ask what happened. Yeah, we had a falling. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Taylor's a great guy, and he's very talented, and I was so happy when he, jo- when he announced that he was joining. And then the first thing that I thought of was, well, I know he, he's a good woodworker, but I guarantee you that they're only bringing him in because of how nice he looks. He's a good-looking yeah. man. I, I'm just I'm comfortable saying it. Yeah, not that there's anything wrong with that, but yeah, he's a good-looking dude. You know, he's got. <laughs> I think rumor has it he's got stalkers and he's got. Uh, oh yes, he does. Restraining orders out. So okay, so the commission tables and stuff works like that. How does like the money aspect? I know if someone else were to like start up a club, this would be, you know, very between clubs. But is there like okay, all the costs are going to be taken care of and then like just the money stays in the club or does it get divvied out? It depends on the build and how we kind of go about it. But so one of the things that we do is like we pay in kind of club dues for each person. That's why we have like, so we have membership and the club every year, the guys that want to be members of the club pay in and then we take on commission builds outside of that and do a bunch of projects or we'll sell merch and all that stuff. And that goes into like our club pot. And then with that, we then, we did a big event this year. Um, we did a big woodworking event, our first one called Tacos and Tools, which was like a big community woodworking event down here in LA. And hopefully we'll do a second or bigger one next year. We're, we're working on it right now. Yeah, that was awesome. And we, yeah. And then we, uh, beyond that, we buy expensive tools with whatever money we bring into the club and then we use those anybody who's a member of the club has access to those tools so we we have like the shaper origin that we bought we've got a couple fest tool tools that we bought iconic cnc machine does that stuff stay at pete's then since that's kind of where you meet the iconic does because it uh, i i kind of like have the room for it but i'm not like dogmatic about keeping it at my shop Mm -hmm. uh uh, but like everybody, I don't have to be here. You know, everybody's in the shop. They're welcome to come over even when I'm gone and use it. So it's at their disposal. Uh, and then the, uh, everything else is pretty mobile. Like the, yeah, it just uh, bounces around. Like yeah. right now, I think Dan has the shaper mm-hmm. and yeah, it just bounces around. It's like, it's kind of like a sign out, you know, like a library thing. It's like, Hey, is anybody using, you know, the shaper right now? And Somebody says, no, but I have it in my shop if you want it and come get it. You come pick it up and use it when you want to use it. And then the next person who wants to use it calls them up and says, hey, can I come pick it up? See, that's pretty cool. And I think even if you're not in a club, you always have like a friend or two. Like I know um, my buddy owns this real fine finishing carpentry company. He has every tool there is. If I don't have a tool, I can always like call him and be like, hey, I need a tool. But like that's what's cool about this club is because now you have nine of those friends all right. within the same network. So that's yeah. awesome. And you don't and you don't feel like 
really guilty asking that same one friend all the time to borrow a tool because you you have you have a stake in it you know you put in for it too right yeah. you know you so every, yeah it's a shared tool and everybody can use it yeah and even the stuff that's not club owned but like that yeah. guys have like uh, josh has a track saw so we're always borrowing his track saw so pretty much like anything that i have or anybody in the club has that that somebody else doesn't have they're welcome to come over and use or come and borrow so it really opens it up and like almost more valuable for me is the nine other sets of knowledge and experience that you get in the club. You know, like Aaron with the DIY stuff, Dan Wax is like a guru hand tool. with hand yeah. tools. Like the guy just is in, insanely knowledgeable. So just to have that guy like, you know, in, in our wheelhouse at our disposal, just to ask him how to sharpen a, a plane is, is awesome. You get an education. Yeah. And Mark, yeah. Mark works at Woodcraft out in Ventura and he's like a, really gifted wood turner oh he's amazing so we went out there and he kind of you know after hours we went and did a, a wood turning thing just as our club and we turned some mallets and for some of the guys like myself you know i haven't spent a lot of time on a lathe in my life so well, one guy turned a snowman yeah one guy happened. did turn a snowman <laughs> we don't talk about him but uh yeah it, it was really cool you know getting some because everybody has diverse kind of skill sets and you get to learn a little bit from each person in the club is that that's a great point and it's something that i wrote down is that something in the application process like i'm sure there's some kind of process where you know someone's like uh pete i, I live down the street i've seen your club and i want to join in in the application process do you take in consideration what people can bring to the table hence the older gentleman who was president who asked you like what are you going to contribute to the club? Is that still part of it? Like, do you want to bring people in that are not just kind of taking, but also can give? Yeah, it's like a sure. fine line, though, because you don't want to be like, yeah, we're not or... going to be like, we don't want to be too exclusive in that way. But at the same time, yeah, we're limited as far as we also don't want the meetings to get huge and right. out of control. You know, like we we want to keep it kind of a, a smaller, dedicated group. And really what we've kind of settled on, we don't really have too many hard and fast rules, I feel like, as far as this goes. Really what it comes down to is, like, somebody in the club who's already in the club kind of has to, like, bring you into the club. Yeah. In a way. You know, <laughs> like, cool. like yeah. club. Like so we don't just, like, like, if somebody reaches out to us, yeah, it's like Fight Club in a way. Yeah. Like, well, it seems like it's the club has like vetted itself. Like I yeah. can't explain it, but like we've asked people to come and they just kind of like more than not, they've all just kind of decided for whatever reason, it's not necessarily for them. And we're not trying to be exclusive, but just the guys that really like it and want to be a part of it, they find a, a way to, to get themselves in and, and like guys like Aaron and Taylor and Dan and Mark and everybody in it has found a way to kind of take ownership and, and contribute so even though there's guys that don't have like a tremendous amount of woodworking experience, they still contribute and show up and, and make the club better. So we really haven't told anybody they're not welcome or like we haven't tried to be exclusive or like clicky at all, but yeah. it's just, it, it's vetted itself into what it is. So like every, every year when we kind of go to re-up, I'll send out more emails to people that are maybe kind of on perspective lists but like Emily, like uh, Aaron and I were just talking before we started, like our return rate seems to be pretty good. Like we'll send out emails and we get, you know, if, if I send out 10 emails of those 10, maybe one guy might be a regular returner. No, that's awesome. I think what you guys have going on 
out there is really cool. I think every major city should have a SoCal wood shop. I know the name wouldn't make sense, but I'm just saying. Um, no, it's kind of it's weird how it's kind of evolved into this. It's like a you know it's a structure you know it's like a corporate structure club you know I think it's ideally or you know in a I guess overall it would be great to have that you know everybody wants to have that kind of community around them that they can either pull tools from or can get an extra set of hands on or you know something there's so many things involved in woodworking in general from design or build or you know it's always great to have somebody who has a little bit of a different skill set around you so i mean i think you're starting to see it a lot through instagram you know people are doing meetups and stuff in different cities yeah and yeah like the, i'm uh, sure workbench con yeah there's nothing that's stopping anybody from making a you know a chicago wood shop you guys know Alma, right? I mean, she came out to that. She came out. She tacos, came out for yeah. tacos and tools. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, so she basically runs our Illinois slash Chicago meetups, which is awesome. And I tried to go to our, I think I've only missed two. And uh, we bounced the idea off each other. I was like, man, we should have a little club like SoCal. Call it like Windy City, you know, woodshop or something, yeah. you know? The only difference being is, I mean, we we operate under kind of a singular banner you know we all do stuff on our own but yeah we also operate under a singular banner being socal woodshop so that's the only difference i mean you would just have to operate you know build a group project and call it something that isn't william yeah. patrick customs no call yeah it well, city woodworks well last um holiday we met up at a woodcraft or something like that and um one of the members of our meetups was like we should all do toys for kids and donate them to a hospital this you know as an illinois woodworking community you know something like that yeah that's and a great idea. it was like weeks before christmas so it never really uh came to fruition but i think that's the power that groups like this can have yeah you can pull resources and knowledge and it's so great and what's cool about it is like guys like aaron and taylor and all these guys in our club that kind of have their own logo and their own like respectable instagram following in and of itself like the the push is never for them to abandon like what they've got going like they it's they don't have to like pledge allegiance to socal woodshop they're part of socal woodshop because they genuinely want to be a part of it and they, they enjoy it and that's like you can't you can't fake that and you can't duplicate it you know what's the worst injury that's happened at the club Woodworking oh, that's me. yeah but i uh put my hand through my table saw and it wasn't a saw stop it wasn't oh. i had uh Cool story. I, I do have a saw stop now, but the story <laughs> is, uh, so we had, I was over here, actually I was at Pete's house the day before talking about how I had ordered my saw stop and we were talking about something. I don't remember. You were cutting something on your saw and we were talking about saw safety and all that stuff. And sure enough, the next day I went home and was working on a, a vanity that I was custom vanity that I was building. And it was about a year ago today, a uh, year ago, Thanksgiving time. And I put my hand through the table saw. And uh, I think I, am, I, didn't, I remember didn't. that actually. I remember yeah. you posting about it. And then I think I remember you like getting your saw stop with your bandaged hand. Is that was yeah. that you? And you were like, just yeah. a little late, but it's here. Like, oh, because right. I had ordered it uh, three days prior to my accident. Damn. It. And it and it showed up like two I don't know, two, two, no, it showed up like two weeks later. Oh but, man! Uh, I was waiting for it, and I decided to put my hand through. But yeah, that I, I think that's would be the worst injury. Fortunate, I'm very fortunate. I I uh, did a video about how it happened, 
and uh, you know I made mistakes. I know that, and uh, I'm very fortunate that I have all my fingers and have the use of them and feeling and everything else. So I'm very very lucky. So in terms of how bad the injury could have been, could have been way worse. All right. So what's the funniest thing that's happened that you can talk about publicly in the club? Man, you had to add that last disclaimer, huh? It's <laughs> well, the other night, one of the guys uh, blew up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's right. One guy, uh, we won't name names, but uh, one of them uh, in, during our club meeting the other night decided to retreat into the house and uh, drop a bomb in, in, the in, bathroom. in Pete's bathroom. And Pete's wife put on a hazmat suit. Yeah, oh. she had to like quarantine off that wing of the house, like with hazmat tape and fireline tape, and like she couldn't feed the animals because the <laughs> the feeder for the animals was on that side of the house. Like and after the meeting, like one of your friends just destroyed that side of our house. And I can speak to it because I went in there like a half hour later to take a leak, and I was like, "Oh my god, what the hell happened in here?" Yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah. just suck it up, pinch a cheek, and go to the gas station. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say who it was, but it, his name sounds like Thomas Musser. Yeah. <laughs> sounds an awful lot like that. Any initiation? Any hazing when you get into SoCal? Oh, but we should. We yeah. haven't done any of that. Uh, we really should. No, we just make you pay money so that you are invested into the, so that you show up. Yeah, we just take your money. That's the best kind of hazing, I guess. Yeah. We take a sucker out of you. I mean, that was, that's the one thing when you were asking about, like, how do we, you know, how do we kind of evaluate if people are going to show up or not? It's like we decided to raise the raise the dues in the club a little bit last year because we wanted people who are committed to the club and who wanted to be here. And who because what we were doing before was like you would pay a couple bucks a meeting and you'd have guys that showed up here and there. And some guys, you know, you might see once a year. And it was like it's not doing anything to help the club grow. And it was always the same core group of guys who were there being active. And so we were like, let's get more dedicated, active core guys. And the way that we found that work to do that was to make people kind of, you know, put up, get invested. You know, you want, you got to put skin in the game if you want to be yeah, invested in the group. And it's common sense stuff. I, I realized after I asked you guys some of the questions, it just, you know, a bunch of guys with the same interests hanging out that run things with common sense. I mean, things that make sense for the club to succeed. Uh, and not just one person or, you know, multiple people, but the entire club to grow and to continue. It's I like yeah, it. And it's, it's once a month that we get together and it's always on the same like schedule. So, you know, you can kind of block it off. You know, you can tell your wife, you can tell your kids, you can do all that stuff where it's like, OK, this this night, you know, every month I've, I've got wood shop. So. And then we decide how the meetings are going to kind of go, you know, from month to month. It's like, okay, this month we're doing this. This month we're doing a wood turning lesson. This month we're doing whatever. And everything comes, you know, sometimes it's like we don't do any woodworking at all. Sometimes we've had a couple meetings where it was like, all right, all we're doing is planning for tacos and tools. You know, we did a whole planning thing. So it depends on what we're doing, but it's about getting that group together and just kind of working on something bigger than yourself, you know? Yeah. All right, one word each. If someone asks you to describe SoCal uh, Woodshop, one word each, what would the word be? Collaboration. Yeah, that's that why I went for syllables. Yeah, that's a good one. Son of a... <laughs> uh, this is super cheesy. I Fun. Fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's weak. Uh, that's it's not weak. cheesy. That's truth. <laughs> it's, it's real weak, but it is. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's like, a lot of fun. We, we have a blast every week, and like my goal 
just to make sawdust in one way, shape or form is to make sawdust every week. And then if we've done that. Like we're, we're way ahead of the game. Well, we I have a blast like, doing it. I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do the club. I don't like, I don't need the club to like, I have tools, I have stuff, you know, like I don't need the club for any of that. And what I like about it is the, uh, here's a, here you go. Camaraderie. There you go. That's, yeah, that's a better that's one. Better. Are there any female members, only guys members, or how does that work? No, but we're not, we're like, we're trying, we'd love to be more diverse. You know? They contribute though. Big it's, time. They, they definitely big time. contribute big time. So like, uh, we've got a party coming up soon and the, uh, <laughs> the wife, the, uh, one of the wives is doing a whole big thing for like all the kids and they were really involved in the tacos and tools event. And so well, she's do, atoning for the sins of her husband because he's the one that's that wrecked that's my true. house. Um, <laughs> so we, we, you know, they do get involved a lot and, and we do like holiday parties and stuff and we get together as like, you know, kind of families and friends for special occasions and stuff like that. So it's, it's more than just a wood club. It is, you know, wives and kids are certainly involved and hopefully as all our kids kind of get a little bit older and maybe they'll get an interest in it and we can kind of expand it that way. Yeah. My kids love coming in the shop. My wife, she wants to do a project with a shaper and she, she's like, she's never made sawdust really with anything. And so she wants to go from like zero to 60 with a shaper and make a, uh, a, a yard decoration. So I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do it. That'd be great. Oh, uh, that's cool. cool. Yeah. I mean the club, I mean, it, you're the way you guys are talking, it sounds like a family. I mean, it's an extension of family. When the wives and the and the kids are all, you know, the core is woodworking, making sawdust, but everyone yeah. kind of gets together, and if everything gels, I mean, that's cool. I mean, that's how Tacos and Tools was. That that's what was so cool about it is it was a, it was very much a community event, and uh, there's a video of it if you guys haven't seen it on our. There's a little highlight reel on our Instagram page, and then there's a longer form yeah. video on. I think it's on my YouTube channel, but uh, yeah, it was all community. I mean, there was kids. We had cornhole set up. Kids were playing games. We had awesome food. We had crazy prize giveaways, some yeah. cool sponsors. And that's what it was all about, was like kind of generating that community and family and bringing people out. And it was awesome that, I mean, we did we tried to keep it small just so we didn't bankrupt ourselves. But, uh, you know, we had people like Alma coming in from Chicago. We had some people coming in from Canada, like all sorts of stuff. So hopefully we can build that even bigger and, you know, Hopefully, 2019, it can be, you know. Don't sell yourself short either. I mean, you're giving away uh, festival track saws and all these other prizes. And yeah. you had tacos. I mean, <laughs> it's a legit, that's a legit yeah. party. It was a legit party. It was pretty fun. Despite all the odds, we're falling upwards through the maker community. We're, yeah. we're just 10 idiots, really, but it, it, we're just having a blast. We're just going to ride this wave as far as it takes us. So if we can do another one, we're going to do another one, try and do it bigger and better than the last one. Yeah, I have to keep reminding myself sometimes because I take myself uh, too seriously. And I have to keep reminding myself, you know, the only reason I'm on Instagram is because, like you said about the club, it, it was fun. Like, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. It's not supposed to be a job. I have a job. Uh, yeah. Father, husband, business owner. I don't want Instagram to be a job. It's got to be fun. Uh, yeah. it's, it's gone that way a yeah. lot. But really? I've said multiple times, and I'll probably keep saying it. I think, like, the best way to suck all the fun out of something you enjoy doing is to try and make money doing it. Yep. So there's a razor's edge right there and we try and walk it. And I think so far we've been doing it pretty well, but like, man, it's really easy to fall over that other side to where like now it becomes stressful and you got deadlines and bills to pay and stuff like that, which 
we're really trying to avoid that not fun aspect of it, and hopefully we can stay on that 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 ridge. Yeah. So with grain knockers, I don't I don't make any money or have a Patreon or anything, and I I'm strongly against that actually for that reason. However, I don't fault anyone else who does believe in it if that makes sense. But like. I don't believe that if I'm here saying that I want to interview SoCal just to educate and have fun, that I should also then ask you for something in return. That's just my belief, but anyone can do whatever they want. Um, And then as far as like turning like Instagram into a business, I think you're right about that. I mean, I receive product and tools um, often from people. And if I like it, I show it and you'll see it in my shop, like in the future. And if I don't care for it, I just, you won't see it like on my feed. And I, I even tell companies like if, if I don't care for it, I'll send it back. No problem. But I'm not going to show it if I don't like it. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I've told the, like some of the brands that we've talked to is like, I I don't want their money. I don't want, I don't want to be paid to endorse their product. Like if I like it and, and we post about it, it's because we genuinely like it. You're not, you haven't bought our approval you know? Yeah. And you know, there are some influence, big influencers out there like Mark. Uh, he's someone who I really look up to, um, just because I can, I can trust like when, when I'm watching him and his body language and what he's saying, I like believe him. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing. And he's always like, they sent me this, they paid me to show you guys this. Like he's very upfront about it, which I, I think it's cool. I don't know. But he's reaping the results of a lot of hard work and putting in all that stuff. And that's just like the work of making the videos and marketing that we're not willing to do. I'd rather spend that work doing sawdust. And God bless Mark because he does a really good job at what he does. I just don't want to do the type of work that he does. So I, I appreciate what he does. I just oh, I yeah. don't end him, you know. No, I, I do that. I, I do that for my other brand. So it's like I kind of need a break from it. And you know, SoCal Woodshop is a good break for it. I still do like I'll still do video stuff for us and stuff, yeah. but as far as like, I do all that same stuff that we're talking about for my home improvement, you know, Mr. Fix-It DIY kind of brand and a little bit of woodworking, but I try to keep most of the fancier, nicer woodworking with SoCal Woodshop, which is kind of, I just felt like there were two different audiences and that's why I wanted to get involved in SoCal Woodshop more. Yeah. And in that same vein, like, I, I really appreciate what you do with your podcast uh, I, I obviously like your Instagram page, but I really appreciate your podcast as far as like what it does for the woodworking community, the maker community, to where it, it really contributes to that really community feel. Even though you're all the way over in Chicago, we can share knowledge and, and, and experience and stuff like that. And you can hear other guys talk about it. And it's really cool. I like the way that you do it. There's not that like that arrogance of like, hey, I'm only doing, you know, hand cut dovetails and you, you need to be a professional to listen to this. It's it's all like, you know, down to earth, like bread and butter stuff. So I really appreciate your podcast. Well, I appreciate you saying that. My goal, uh, I say it all the time. It's like, there's so many people out there just like me. I don't think that I'm special. I think the only thing that makes me special is that I'm honest. Like I say exactly what I think. And I that doesn't mean that everything I say is right. Like yeah, I know that I'm right. wrong. I think if you're going to take pride in being honest and truthful, you also have to take uh, the humility of being wrong sometimes too. So yeah, uh, I'm definitely wrong sometimes. Trust me. Well, it's, if you, it's if so you saw my butte with comments on Instagram, when you do something or post like a way that you're cutting something and somebody's like, well, that's not the way to do it. It's just, I love laughing at those. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's, everybody's an expert, you know, not everybody, but you know, by and large, everybody's really cool. But you, you get that one guy that like throws that comment out there like, Oh, that's wrong. I'm like, yeah, thanks pal. <laughs> yeah. I used to be pretty brutal with my responses and then my wife kind of 
talk some sense into me. You know, she's like, you're a father. Like she, she was, she was doing what my mom used to do to me, like in high school, I guess, you know, it's like, is this really what you want to, she's holding my, like the comment I made up to my face. Is this what you want your daughter to see one day? I'm like, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Like (laughs) that's funny. uh, Yeah. We were fortunate that Josh was the one who kind of like kicked off all our Instagram stuff. Yeah. And he would handle all that stuff so perfectly. Like he, he was just, you know, really good at it. Just water off a duck's back. So we realized like really any, any comment is good comments and it brings attention our way. And so we, we would just accept it all, even the haters. Yeah. My biggest weakness is exactly what Josh is good at. That's my biggest weakness. I react with emotion and that's the exact wrong way to do it. Um, maybe you could maybe you could do a follow-up episode on the podcast and we'll just have Josh here and you can just read off comments and, he can just manufacture okay. responses for you. Dude, that would be in a hilarious segment. Think about <laughs> yeah. that. If just a Except segment. My goal, because I've known Josh so long, my goal is to always make Josh pissed off. Because you picture <laughs> like the, your favorite stand-up comedian. He does, pales in comparison to an angry Josh Wade. The guy is just the funniest dude. Once he's angry. But he's just got a very long fuse. So it takes yeah. a long time to get him to that funny Super part. Super mellow. I've never seen him really, man. Uh, subconsciously, I'm always trying to piss him off. Be like, in episode 14, we go to uh, SoCal Woodshop Josh for this episode of how to respond to a douchebag. Like, yeah, he'd be good at that. He's good at that. That's a good idea. All right, so uh, SoCal Woodshop, uh, we're coming here close to the end of the interview. I appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, www.socalwoodshop.com. They're on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can go to their website and buy the badass shirts and hats that they sell. I you I got two hats from you guys. One of them I've worn like three times because I don't want what happened to my first one happen to this. And what happened to my first one was I wore it every single day and I wore it in the shop. I wore it out to dinner. It got sweaty. It you know, you know what happens. Yeah. You, you know. My wife I've got I've got my shop hat and my dinner hat. Okay, that's exact so I have a dinner hat of your guys, but my shop hat got retired. And it wasn't my choice. Like the wife it took like it. Sounds like you need a new hat. She says it smelled. I was like, "You're right," but I'm gonna keep it. And she threw it out. So what? What was the hat? Was it a snapback or was it the? No, was it, it the fitted. It was the '59 fitty, fit uh, fitted. Right? Is that what it is? Right. Yeah. No, you don't have to send me another. <laughs> you don't have to send me another one. But I loved it. It was so tight, and I was like. Every time I go to make uh, William Patrick custom hats, I'm like, I'm getting that hat. Like, that's my hat. The wool style hat. Yeah. Shout out to Puka. Puka yeah, hats. It's Puka. Puka? Oh, okay. That's who I need to go to then. Yeah. All right. So um, I have one last question for you guys uh, in the interview. And then we're going to our, we're gonna go to our question segment after the question. I don't know. Okay. Any advice for other people that want to start up a club? Negative <sighs> and a positive What's your best advice for anyone else in the country world that wants to start a club? Name one piece of advice and one thing not to do. One piece of advice is to have a, you got to have somebody who's going to like take the reins, I guess, at first. Like who's really going to be the, the kind of the leader at first until you can start getting other guys in there that are going to be really dedicated um, because people can be flaky. So to have a leader who's like going to organize stuff and going to say, this is when it's happening. This is where we're going to be. This is, you know, you need somebody like that. Otherwise it won't happen. That would be, I guess the pro or I don't know if that's a con or a pro. I don't know. (laughs) I think that's a pro. I think that's definitely a pro. 
Yeah, I'd say uh, maybe a big thing is if you're going to start a club, you don't like all your efforts and time and energy has to be going towards the betterment of the club. So I've really had to like kind of differentiate like my personal projects and the stuff that I do by myself or, or projects I take on versus stuff for the club. And everybody in the club really has to be in it for the betterment of the club. Like Aaron was saying, he brought that table and that's for the betterment of the club. So as soon as like maybe uh, yeah, as soon as you see that somebody's really trying to like get something like in it for themselves out of it, it's really going to drastically dramatically take away from the club. And not not that we've really had that, but I think the strength of our club is that everybody is in it for the betterment of the club, and nobody's really trying to like take advantage or marginalize any other aspect or member of the club for their own benefit. So everybody's really just got to look into it as a like, hey, this is a club. This thing is kind of has a living, breathing entity all on its own, and and it we want to see it take up wings and just you know let it do what it's going to do. And the downside of the club is it's a lot of legwork. Like there's just always something going on, and so it's it's a tremendous time commitment. So you know, the, almost all of us are really like shouldering some aspect, some burden of having the club up alive and running you know, at any given time. So uh, <clears throat> does SoCal have a beer sponsor yet? No. No, but we're, we're open for we're all ears. Okay, <laughs> we, all right. If you're listening, Anheuser-Busch, SoCal would love... Oh, Modelo El Español. <whistles> for those of you that can't see what's going on, which is everybody except for us three, he just held up oh. a Modelo. <laughs> yeah. Just thought I'd throw that out there because people are... You know, Dave's going to be in his truck like, what the hell did he just whistle for? Um <laughs> So, okay, so we're going to our uh, segment of the show where I ask yes or no questions, okay? And both of you can answer them separately. The first yes or no question goes to you, Pete. Chicago pizza is better than New York pizza, yes or no? It's an unfair question. I've only been to New York. I haven't been to Chicago yet. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Okay, thank you. Thank you. uh, Pete does not qualify. I lived – I didn't live in New York City, but I'm from upstate New York. Uh, Pizza's good there. Much better than L.A., I can tell you that. But uh, there's a there's a Chicago place here that's insanely good in L.A., and it's true to Chicago from what I've had of Chicago. For me, if it comes out of a wood-fired oven, I'm all in. Yeah, that's not Chicago style, but wood-fired oven is good. Chicago yeah, like style deep, is like, like deep, deep dish, dish, you know? Yeah, I like the deep dish. Yeah, I'm, I'm half Italian, so I like the traditional, like, flat... His answer is no. All right, so wait. Pete, is it sauce or gravy? It's sauce. It's sauce, okay. Yeah. All right. Right I'm only half Italian, so I could be wrong. (laughs) All right, I'm going to ask Aaron this one first, but Pete, you can follow up. It's a yes or no question as well. Are you the most talented uh, woodworker in SoCal Woodshop? Hell no. No way. Not even close. All right, do you guys want to nominate someone? Just, you know, give a little props. Hmm. I'm going to say Matt Durr. (laughs) That's a good one. Yep. Matt Durr. Is he not the most talented and you're just like putting him there? I don't know. I got a, I've got them all listed. Uh, it's probably a close. Uh, I don't know. Everybody. I mean, like, well, Mark is phenomenally talented. Yeah. Taylor Hubble's pretty bad. Yeah. He's garbage. Uh, Dan <laughs> likes to pretend to woodwork, but really doesn't do anything. Yeah. Except move stuff around in circles. Thomas aggressively wants all of us to think that he's really bad at woodworking but secretly he's really good he's like a jedi yeah for the one to- for the one project a year that josh makes it's not bad 
But I, I, I don't know. Ian kind of blew me away with his Purple Heart speakers. Well, whenever Ian's uh, captors release, release him, him, so you can show we, up, we might be able to see some more of his work. But <laughs> from what I've heard, he's pretty talented. Yeah, we do have a phenomenally talented drummer in the group, though. Oh, yeah, Matt Davis. Yeah. I don't know what kind of woodworker he is. Yeah, we're, we're suspect on his woodworking, but he's a good drummer. But the guy can pound the skins. He the just drums. plays drums <laughs> while everyone else is woodworking. You're like, yes, you're yeah. in the club. Keep going. Yeah. All right, Maybe so. Day he'll turn his own drumsticks. I don't know. Well, really, we, we have ulterior, ulterior motives for everybody we recruit. Like Mark Mayer works at Woodcraft. You're like, hey, you could be a total hack, but you work at Woodcraft. <laughs> what was that one project that Thomas made that was really good? Oh, he made a skull, uh, skull candy, candy, dispenser. candy dispenser. Yeah. Oh man, it was just something. It like it melts your face off. It's so good looking. It's crazy. <laughs> so, um, and Taylor only made it because isn't his wife on like Dancing with the Stars or something? Yeah. No, she was on. Uh, she was on Dancing with the Stars. She's, no, she's on The Biggest Loser. Oh, was that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Obviously, I'm joking, Taylor. I don't want to get mad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so here's some normal questions. This will end uh, the interview, and thank you guys so much. Thank you, SoCal Woodshop, for coming on. What's the, the best, best thing, thing about social media? I don't know. It, I have my like qualms against it big time because I, I use it a lot, and I've just seen kind of how it's evolved. But at the same time, I wouldn't be part of the group if it wasn't for it. I would have never found this group of guys, so... From that perspective, I guess it's my answer would be that it's the ability to kind of find people in your area that are, you know, that share similar interests. Yeah, I'd say the best and only thing is just the community aspect we get from it. Is there? There's so many negatives. It seems like it's it, it's evolving and just getting weirder and weirder. And it's it can be such a time suck, but like the community aspect, whereas like we would never. I don't know the. I don't know how else we would have come across your path or like other people's path right. and had like that community feel, even though we're geographically far yeah. other than like Instagram and Facebook, you know? So that's, that's the tremendous positive because they're like, there's no, there's not a whole lot of like intrinsic value in the followers. There's not a monetary value in like really how many followers you have. It helps us sell a t-shirt, you know, every month or something, maybe. Right. At its core, like at the beginning at the beginning of its like in it, in its infancy, Instagram, like for example, was awesome. Yeah, it's just what the evolution of it, and once you know where it's gone now, and now it's just like how many followers you can get from like Jet Tools Russia or whatever. Well, and, the, the, <laughs> what sucks is like from the Russian collusion investigation. And I'm not trying to get political, but like the you know Facebook and Instagram have deleted like so many like Russian and Ukrainian accounts so we lost like literally half our followers after this Russian collusion investigation <laughs> so it, it's very telling as to like who our real following yeah. is do you want to know something Russia. funny though Instagram and this was probably three months ago I got a message from a friend who was like oh my god look at so and so's account like I don't pay attention to that guy messaged me and goes hey what's his name account just went from fifty five thousand to forty eight thousand overnight. I'm like, Sounds like it was us. Yeah. I'm like, well, well, who was that? And then it was. He told me who it was. I was like, rotten bastard. But you guys legitimately got your following the way you should. This guy went from five thousand to fifty-five thousand, or girl. I'm not saying, in like two months. So it was yeah. like, hmm. Yeah. To Josh's credit, 
he's done it all organically. Like we really haven't done a whole lot of the giveaways and like purchasing followers. It's all been like really organic just, and he's been really good at following up and having like conversations with people. Yeah. So he knows like almost all of them, like on a first name basis within the threads yeah. and comments and stuff. He spent, he's great at Instagram managing the Instagram page and stuff. Cause he, well, he, he would spend so much time doing it, but it, it really is like a full-time job. Oh man. It's just not something I want to do. It's such a time suck. SoCal Woodshop, Pete and Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. Any last words uh, to the people, Grain Knocker Nation? Do you want to give them the best place to find you and the merch that they should be buying because the logo's sick? Yeah, just check us out on Instagram at SoCal Woodshop. Yeah, and SoCalWoodshop.com. And, uh, yeah, stay safe out there. Don't do any dangerous cuts. Don't put your hand through a table saw. Don't put your hand through a table saw. And, uh, yeah, keep making sawdust. Keep making stuff. Don't be afraid to fail. And, Aaron, if you buy – I think Aaron's advice, and I'm just going to speak for him for a second if he will allow me, is that if you buy a saw stop, do not use a table saw until it gets there. Yeah, that would be great advice. Okay. Yeah. Just take the blade. Once you order the saw stop, take the blade out of your table saw. Make sure you unplug it first because you might just <laughs> cut yourself just on accident. Uh, take the blade out and just uh, set it on the ground until your yeah. saw stop shows up. Right. And if saw stop is listening to this podcast, I'm still using my 25 year old jet, um, <laughs> so I could, I could really, I, I, I wouldn't be too upset, you know, if I had a safer um, oh, yeah. machine that I could market and post on Instagram and make videos on YouTube about and stuff like that. You know, he's got a family; he needs to keep his hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's, these lights don't keep themselves on, you know. I would like to back up Pete and say that my rigid R forty five twelve table saw uh, needs to go. And <laughs> uh, after season one, where Furniture by Pete and I interviewed Saw Stop, and they did not offer us free saws, uh, I would gladly accept now. Just throwing it out there. I mean, yeah, right just, in yeah. the hypothetical situation right. that they were looking to offload a couple, you know, and. We could maybe post and make a few videos and, and you know, maybe get some return business, some subsequent business for them. I, I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, obliging them. Right. I'll put a link in my profile. No big deal. Yeah. Sure. Done. Guys, thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you guys soon. Dude, Bill, thanks so much for having us. This was a thank blast. You, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. And thank you, Pete, for joining Grey Knockers. A lot of good information there about, you know, starting up a club. Find people around you. Get Get involved. Especially if you're a part-time builder, this is a great way to share tools. This is a great way to share ideas, collaborate, get some business going, learn. Um, super cool for them to come on the show. Thank you to um, all of you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Sharing is the most crucial part to this podcast. Like When you guys share on Instagram, it it is the lifeblood of the podcast, so I appreciate you so much. I'm going to get back to wrapping presents. We'll see you in four weeks. Uh, we're taking a two-week break over the holiday, and uh, we'll be back in 2019. Enjoy family. Enjoy friends. Be happy. I'm going to take Mark's advice. I'm going to come into things with a smile and leave with a smile. At least I'm going to try. Gray Knocker Nation, thank you so much. We'll see you in a little bit. Episode 3, Season 2, Gray Knockers, going strong.